You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Hello there, Broncos country, and it is once again time for another episode of Building the Broncos. I am your host, Carl Dummler, and with me as always, my co-host and good friend, Nick Kendall. I know it has been a little while, so we are, are sorry to our, our listeners that we haven't recorded an episode for a while. I had one of you text me actually a couple days ago asking what had happened, and Nick, I, I told them that you and I got into this huge fight and we aren't on speaking terms anymore. I don't think that could ever happen. <laughs> We're too much of an oh shucks kind of guys. Yeah, I know. I know. Exactly. But no, it's, it's good to be back. And uh, do you want to share your news of where you've been? Well, first off, we had to cancel, unfortunately, because I had a death in the family. Uh, my uh, grandfather passed away, and that was my first grandparent passing away. So that's uh, unfortunate. You hate to see that, and it sucks. But, you know, what can you do? That's, I guess that's part of life. Death is part of life. But, you know, that, I had to be there for my family when that happened. So no podcast that week. And then the next two weeks, on vacation. Uh, traveled the Northwest. Um, screw the Seahawks. It's like I'd say a lot of a lot of twelfth man stuff up there. But went to Portland, hiked around Mount Hood, did a bunch of hiking in Olympic National Park, and went to Seattle and uh, also got engaged. So sorry to all the ladies listening to the podcast and some of the guys. Maybe <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm off the market now. So oh, uh, what can you do? <laughs> sorry, Carl and Eric. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, I, I told somebody that uh, I'm going to have to have a talk with her of what what's allowed of when the wedding can happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see how that goes over. <laughs> She's, I mean, she puts up with my football. I just think that probably the wedding will take priority. But, I mean, right. might, have to, might have to podcast right before. You know, who knows? Okay, well, just, just tell her <laughs> April is off limits. April. Oh, April's off limits. Okay. Yep. I mean, that's fair. I'm giving her 11 months. I mean, that's, I feel like that's pretty, pretty good of me. Yeah, that's lenient. I'd say that's lenient. <laughs> But no, it's it's good to have you back, man, and congratulations on getting engaged. That's that's awesome. I know you you and I've talked about that in the past of your excitement to to marry this woman and how much you love her. So that's that's good news. I'm I'm very excited for your future with her and to to see that continue. But uh it's also good to have you back. I'm glad glad to get back to recording and especially we are back to football. Your engagement's bigger news, but man, football's right below that of it being back. And it, it's good to see these guys back on the field and the pads popping. I, I'm just very, very excited for that. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I'd i say it's on an even playing field, potentially. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, the Hawkeyes are coming back soon, so I'm excited for that. And Broncos football's back. And honestly, I mean, it's, not, it's always training camp where people are excited about the team being back. But the past two seasons, I have not been excited. You know, just listening to people, talking to people actually in the know. There's been not this level of excitement, and I don't want to say what's the word I'm looking for here. Excitement's a good one, but just people hype. going, yeah, hype. Hype's a good one too, but it's like the Broncos actually look like they know what they're doing out there. You know, it's not this constant quarterback position battle with like which one sucks less. Instead, you know, <laughs> you got that squared away. It feels like there's some continuity in the coaching staff. Pat, you mentioned the practices, you know, recording the practices from last year to this year, and how much smoother and crisper everybody looks just continuity there and just having some direction. So I I'm, I'm excited about the Broncos. I definitely was coming into this, you know, a little bit more of a skeptic on Keenum and I'm still skeptical. I mean, that's just, that's just my nature, but I am definitely more excited about this team than I have been since the Super Bowl season. 
Right. I mean, like I said, it's it's been a, a disaster of a couple of years here for the Broncos and especially that quarterback position. Uh, how many times can we have a conversation of who's going to start? Who is sucking less? I mean, that you get tired of that conversation very quickly. So it's it's nice to finally hear things are clicking on offense. Things are actually going well. They're actually challenging the defense. And, and I mean, that's what we're going to talk about today is that offense. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that building the Broncos fo- focus Building the Broncos focus is all things pertain to your Denver Broncos as it relates to the NFL draft, team building, everything. With Nick and myself being armchair GMs, we'll be bringing you fresh insight and analysis each and every week in every single episode from scouting reports, player value, scheme, and personnel fits, and of course, just some general football-related banter. You can follow myself on Twitter, at CarlDumblerMHH, as well as follow Nick, at NickKindleMHH. Be sure to tweet us any questions or opinions you have because we live for talking Bronco football. You can also follow the podcast Twitter account at Huddle Up Pod and make sure you check out ours and our co-writers' written content at milehighhuddle.com, a part of 24-7 Sports and an affiliate of the CBS Sports Digital Network. We know you listeners are as football, draft, and Bronco crazy as we are. So please give us a click and subscribe to us on iTunes as well as Stitcher. And don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. We wouldn't be here today without you listeners. So as a call to action, please go and take the time, go to iTunes or Spreaker and rate and subscribe to let your voices be heard on how you enjoy our show. Now, obviously, we're going to get to a lot of football stuff here, but we also want to take a second here to say thank you to our great sponsor, Audible. Get a free audio book download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. I've been listening to the the leadership book uh, by Bill Walsh is one that I've been listening to lately. And uh, it's been, I wouldn't say I've learned a ton. I mean, it's a lot of stuff that I already knew, but it, I guess it just confirmed a lot of things. But uh, there's lots of books like that where you can, hear from coaches, players, uh, any other kind of topic you could ever imagine. It, it's it's pretty amazing. So I'd recommend you go out there and get that. But let's get to football here, guys. And we, we kind of wanted to go through the roster here and and discuss because we're, we're about the team building. What's it looking like? Where Where is this team going? Where are they struggling? All that kind of stuff. And, and so today we wanted to kind of just – Talk about some things that we've been hearing about these different players, who's been looking good, who's been struggling, all that kind of stuff. And of course, you have to start with the quarterback position. And we've already kind of talked about it a little bit, but uh, it's it's been it's been an adventure at the quarterback position here for a while of just guys that have not stacked up, not look good. And so in comes Case Keenum. And I've been hearing nothing but praise for this guy. I mean, it's been from players, coaches, media people, everybody watching. It's been, I, I don't know, maybe some of that. And I've had some people ask me about this, I guess. And, and I want to post it to you, Nick. Is it maybe that Case Keenum's getting hyped up so much because the quarterback play has been so terrible that anything even average looks amazing? Or is it that he is really just playing that good? I think it's probably a multitude of factors. Number one, you have definitely an injection of talent at the receiving position that this team has lacked probably since when the Broncos had DT in his prime, Eric Decker, Wes Welker, and Julius Thomas. Like this, we'll get to the wide receivers here in a bit, but that's, I mean, you, you're throwing to much better targets than they've had 
in a long time. I mean, there's going to be guys that have been on this team for a few years that I don't see making this roster. And also you have just, again, it's not this quarterback battle. You have who you know the guy's going to be, so it's not this back and forth, you know, splitting first-team reps, really. It's Case Keenum's the guy this year, and I think that's just huge for the offense. It's big for the coordinators. It's big for the players around him. And with Case Keenum being the guy, I mean, he's just he's the better quarterback than those guys as well. So I think it's a lot to do with it. I'm not expecting this guy turn into, you know, Kurt Warner franchise quarterback all of a sudden, you know, leading two different teams to championship games and back-to-back years kind of thing. But just having that solid quarterback that's, I mean, forget the, forget the on the field production for a second, just having that leadership and that guy that the teams can turn to, you know, the one that's like, this is what it's going to do. Follow me leading by example. I think that's huge for any organization. That's something the Broncos have severely lacked, you know, no disrespect to Simeon or Paxton Lynch. Like, Maybe a little bit of disrespect to them. Maybe just a little bit. But <laughs> they deserve Keenum, it. Yeah. Yeah. This I mean, they put us through this past two seasons. So did the front office. You know, they have it to blame. Offensive line hasn't been great, et cetera, et cetera. But it just it feels different having a quarterback in place that it's almost like a sigh of relief. It's like, okay, we don't have to worry about that now. Now we can, you know, discuss and be worried about stuff like cornerback three or offensive line depth. You know, stuff that when you don't have a quarterback that you at least a viable quarterback, you're you're not really worried about. But Keenum, I mean, he's, he hasn't thrown an interception yet, to my knowledge. He's been doing well with Sutton and uh, Sanders and DT and making the no-fly zone not look so much like a no-fly zone. So we might talk about, we'll talk about that next week with the, uh, the defensive positions. But having Keenum here, I think it's big for the team. I don't expect a franchise quarterback, but I think at worst, he's going to be viable, average, and with a great defense, weapons around him, and hopefully <laughs> turned around coaching staff. And this AFC West up for grabs. I mean, the Broncos have a chance to make some noise. I'm definitely, like I said when we started, I'm much higher on this team at this point than I was either of the last two seasons at this point. Definitely. I've been watching some of the little clips that we get from practice. We don't get everything, obviously, but uh, just watching some of his throws and the placement of those throws has been phenomenal. And I love, there's a, I don't know if you got to watch the Chris Harris mic'd up segment yes that was awesome okay but him just talking of you know where that ball was thrown right over his fingertips right between the cornerback and the safety to the wide receiver where only he can catch it and just going did you did you catch that what (laughs) you know like that that's something the broncos just haven't had of a quarterback that can fit something into a tight window make the tough throws make them where they need to be uh again like you said just having that steady leadership of a guy that can when you look in the huddle you know this is our leader this is our guy not oh is this going to be our starter is this going to what kind of offense are we going to run this year we don't know because we don't know who the starter is there's just i think it just energizes the entire organization when you have the stability at quarterback i mean part of it this offseason of hearing sanders stayed in in denver this year because he wanted to work with with Case Keenum. And the two of them have great chemistry right now. And, I mean, that that's going to pay off big time when you get to the season and these guys know exactly where they're supposed to be. And and Sanders can know he has a quarterback that's actually going to get it to him. So I, I just I'm, – I'm excited. Like you said, it, it's – I think there's a, a cautious optimism growing about this team right now that they could be better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. Now, again, we're what, four days into practice, five days so far? Yeah. So th- there's still plenty of work to do. There, There's still – we haven't seen the quarterbacks have to take kind of uh, any kind of hits. 
we haven't seen anything have to develop with that. Sometimes guys are backing off because they don't want to hurt somebody. Uh, there's still plenty to go for the evaluation process to see where this team is really at. But there is. There's some cautious optimism growing within, I would say, NFL circles. I've, I've even seen some of the national guys who have been at practice going, wow, this is better than I thought it would be. So that that's great to hear. But then we get to the opposite side of that. And uh, I hate to be Debbie Downer, but Paxson Lynch, Chad Kelly, it's not been pretty. And that's putting it lightly, wouldn't you say? Yeah, from what we've heard, from what we've seen, there are flashes there. I mean, Paxson Lynch today, it's Wednesday. Uh, apparently, it is one of his best days of practice of camp so far. Granted, you know, it's day four or five, but he's still got the issues reading the defense. He's looking to tuck it, even though, I mean, it's practice. You're not going to get hit, but he's still pulling the ball down, looking to run and making those mental issues where he, instead of being a quarterback, he's looking to be a running back. You know, just that's not what you need from a quarterback. This isn't college. You're not running those, you know, option plays where the quarterbacks running it like Ohio State kind of does. And then the same kind of thing for Chad Kelly. He's pulling it down too, but his base is erratic, and he's having even more issues with uh, accuracy than Paxton is. So I've, I've got a quote that – not a direct quote. I can't, you know say who is that or anything, but that, you know, everything that Paxson's been struggling with, Chad Kelly has been struggling with, but not just even more so. So I don't have much faith in either of those guys. And I don't think the team does either because there is a lot of buzz and talk that the Broncos are going to look outside of the organization. If neither of these two, all of a sudden, you know, get a jolt and all of a sudden start playing differently because they don't think either of these guys could lead them to a win. If Case Keenum did get hurt. Right. And that's, that's the big thing with, with like Paxton. I'm glad that he had a good day today, but the big thing with him has always been consistency. He he makes, he makes plays every day. You hear about one or two plays where you're like, Oh man, now you see why some people thought of him as that first round kind of quarterback, but he just can't put it together consistently. And so my, my big thing with him is he has to do this back to back. The, the Broncos need this guy to show that they can consistently trust him to know what he's supposed to do. And and I told somebody earlier uh, this summer of what I was really hoping. I, I don't know. I, I got Instagram partly because I want to see what these players are doing because that's kind of where they, they go to post a lot of what they're doing in the off season. And I was really hoping to watch pictures or videos of Paxton just studying defense with somebody. And instead I got all these workout videos, which I mean, that's okay, but that's not, where he needs to work as a quarterback. He's in plenty good shape. We know that he can run. That's not the issue. It's his ability to understand a defense and know where to go with the football to, to get beyond just the very, very basics of what it means to be a quarterback. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing that they are running exclusively RPO with him because they want to simplify his decision-making of, Oh, I either hand off to hand off to the running back, take off running myself, or I throw to this guy up the seam. I, I, it doesn't get much simpler than that for a quarterback. And I mean, that's, they've had to dumb down the offense for both Paxton and for Chad Kelly. And I know Chad Kelly's gotten a lot of hype around uh, Bronco country and, and we love our third string quarterbacks, our seventh round quarterbacks, whatever you want to call them. Uh, that, that guy you just hope is going to develop into something. And, but right now I'm starting to even question if Chad Kelly makes this team. Yeah, I mean, and, and packs it too. I mean, I, I'm not going to leave him out of this, but right now, if I had to to guess, especially with the numbers crunch that we're going to talk about for some other positions, 
I could see the Broncos really making that decision. We're just going to keep two quarterbacks this year. Yeah, I'm thinking Chad Kelly probably his best bet to be a Bronco is practice squad. And let, again, you know, we're still a long way out. We've got a lot of preseason games left. Maybe something clicks, but apparently he's not doing the best, you know, in the film room and cleaning up technique. Quarterback coach just isn't – it's not in being improved on, which is an issue. I mean, there are splash splash players. There are flashes. But you, like we talked about all offseason, you got to be able to do the little thing consistently. And it's just not those guys. So, again, look, might look outside the organization. You know, there's some free agent quarterbacks out there. Not great, obviously, at this point. But you got, like, Matt Moore and Derek Anderson and, you know, dare I say, the likes of Jay Cutler and Colin Kaepernick. I doubt those two will be there, but they're still free agents, too. <laughs> and then there's some guys that they might trade for. I mean, heck, bring back Kyle Orton. I want to bring back my fa- favorite fantasy football team name of Kyle Orton's neckbeard. And that would be way relevant then. And I also like Jack Daniels. So, like, it's, it's a trifecta. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, I don't think that either of these guys have long-term plans for the Broncos at this point. You know, maybe Lynch will turn it around. I saw Musgraves today said Lynch only had eight plays in college or eight games or something ridiculous. But, you know, I, from what we've seen at what point we're at and from what I've heard both, you know, from other people about Chad Kelly and Paxton Lynch from those in the organization, I don't, I don't think they are going to be long-term Broncos. So I've never thought I'd say this, but thank God for Keenum, even though Josh Rosen's apparently killing it in Arizona and Baker Mayfield's killing it in Cleveland. But of course, all, they're all killing it at this point, right? So um, we'll see, but it's it's definitely going to be interesting. But thank God the Broncos have Keenum because at least it offers some stability and some leadership and something they've severely lacked at that position, which you absolutely need in the NFL for the past two seasons. Well, I think uh, we, we wanted to do with each of these positions a stud and dud to date so far. And I think it's pretty obvious who the stud is. Yeah. Obviously, Case Keenum. Dud. Both. I, of them. Both. Uh, Chad Kelly more, I think, just because I really don't think right now. If if they designed the 53-man roster today, I don't think Chad Kelly is on the Broncos. I agree. But practice squad is possible. Right, right. I, yeah. I, I know a lot of people keep talking they're going to keep three because they're so afraid of losing Kelly. Yeah, but if you don't view him as a long-term viable option, what's what's the loss? The I know loss people is a did that last year. Right. Uh, I remember a lot of people did that with Kyle Sloter of, oh man, now look what happened. He got claimed. Well, he's still not playing, and he's not going to play in Minnesota. Nah. I mean, they they got their quarterback. Uh, so, I mean, may, maybe his long-term viability is a backup. But again, if you just if he's not going to be anything more than that. I don't think it's this huge loss other than, like you said, it's a roster spot for somebody else that actually could contribute this year. Yep, exactly. All right, well, we should probably move on to one of the more interesting positions so far that is looks like a total open competition. Nobody's leading the way. Nobody's really falling behind, it seems like, and that is the running back position. You got Devontae Booker, D'Angelo Henderson, Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay, and David Williams as the main guys, and... All have had ups, all have had downs, but the guy who seems to be sealing the show so far is Philip Lindsay, undrafted free agent out of Colorado. Interesting player. I mean, we talked about him when he was an undrafted free agent. I thought, you know, he's a he's a good running back, but I never thought he'd have the the ability that he had shown and people have been talking about to play in between the tackles. And he's been killing it without the pads on, but apparently as soon as the pads went on, he's still been slippery and he's been running in between the tackles, making guys miss in space. So Philip Lindsay, there's been talk that he has passed up D'Angelo Henderson on the depth chart. You know, we'll see about that. Musgrave said D'Angelo Henderson's been really impressive. So it's it's a total mishmash going on at running back right now. And I have 
absolutely no idea who's going to end up being the starter. It's probably going to be a hot hand approach. Injuries will play a factor, but I'm, if you have any fantasy drafts coming up, unless you're a risk taker, I'd probably avoid the Broncos backfield for now because who knows who's going to be the guy who ends up getting the most touches. Yeah, it's all of these guys have gotten compliments at different times. David Williams has really surprised a lot of people with how quick he is for the size he is, how powerful he is of running people over. Decisive. Yeah, he's been finding the end zone, all those kind of things, and and doing well in pass protection, which, I mean, that's going to be a big deal. With this young group, that's probably going to be the biggest question is – can they hold up in pass protection? Because like, like we said earlier of, of the quarterbacks, Case Keenan goes down, season's over. Yeah. I mean, that's just how this, this boils down. So you can't have one of these guys out there making a mistake because they don't know what they're doing. And I mean, that's been the big thing with, with Freeman so far. Pass protection has been terrible. I, I, I didn't think he'd struggled this much so far, but, but he has, he's really struggled. He was a little better today from what I've heard. Yeah. But Still, I mean, you can't trust him on the field until that improves. That's such a big part of what a a running back is in the NFL today. Essentially for me, you know, if you don't have it, you're not seeing the field. That's it's a baseline skill that if you don't have it, I'm sorry. You know, you're not going to be getting reps because not only is it making the quarterback, you know, uh, vulnerable, but it's also making the offense predictable. You know, if let's say Royce Freeman can't pass block worth a darn and he comes in, what do you think they're going to be doing? You know, you lose that element of surprise. You know, they're like, oh, Royce Freeman's in. There's no way in the heck they're going to make him run or pass block or they're going to send him out potentially. So, you know, set up a rush play or a blitz or anything like that. Run blitz, blitz to a side where you know there's going to be an open man. So it's something that casual fans – I hate to use the term casual fans, but casual fans will see, you know, the running back production and they'll see maybe Royce Freeman get five carries for 30 yards and bust off like a 10 yard gain, stiff arming somebody. They're going to be like, why the heck isn't Royce Freeman playing? But then you're watching him on the pass downs and he is making losing reps and making the quarterback extremely vulnerable in the pocket. And you just, you just cannot have that pass blocking is a baseline skill. If you don't have it, you're not getting playing time. It's that simple. I mean, one of my favorite clips of Peyton Manning is him yelling, gee, darn it, Donald, when Eric, when uh, Donald Brown messed, it, messed up a pass blocking assignment. And Donald Brown did not last in the league long, partially because he was a putrid, putrid pass blocker. So you got to have it, and that's going to be a big thing. That's honestly one of the biggest things they're going to miss about C.J. Anderson too. C.J. Anderson was a heck of a pass blocker. Right. Yeah, he he was he's one of the best in the league, actually, not yeah. just in Broncos over the last few years. It's in the league. Yeah. So, I mean, that's big reason that Booker maybe ends up being the starter early in the season just because he has the experience. I I'm I'm pretty down on Booker right now. I'm not hearing a whole lot of great things of him running the football, but he's one of those guys. He's He's decent at everything, not great at anything, but not terrible at anything either. He's not a so, jack of all traits. He's like a six of all traits. Right, right. And Henderson, I mean, that was a big reason I don't think he saw the field last year. He was explosive in, in preseason last year. He had some amazing plays. And then even in week 17, took, uh, what was it, like a 32-yard pass, green pass for a touchdown. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's a great runner, great in open field, but – Again, he's really got to show that he can be a a pass blocker for this team to really trust him to even think about being the starter. And so that's uh, preseason. 
that's going to be big for these guys to show that they they can be that trusted guy back there. I think that more than I'm not worried about them as running backs. I really think they're they're we got some pretty good running backs that could actually run the football and make big plays. I think we have some good receiving options at the running back position and Lindsey Freeman, Henderson, Booker, all of them I think are are very good receiving options. And so again, that just leaves the one big question with the young guys. Can they protect the quarterback and whoever does that best, I think ends up the starter week one. So right now, let's say there's five guys we talked about here. Let's say only four make it. Who's the odd man out? I would say David Williams, even though he's kind of different than all those other guys. I feel like Lindsay's too much of an explosive playmaker that they really like. We've heard him talk up Henderson. They're not going to give up on Freeman already. And I think Booker's the safe option. So I think David Williams probably ends up the odd man out. I would I would agree. Like you said, he's the different one. That's the one thing I kind of lean towards. But I think Freeman can do most of what he does. So, and I think he's the easiest one to slip onto the practice squad. Agreed. And like I said, Lindsay's a lot like Henderson, but I've heard that they've been really even trying him out at wide receiver to try to find spots for him. And he's just getting talked up too much to not have a roster spot right now, at least. Yep. So I, I yeah, I agree with you. It's gotta be David Williams. Um I hate to say that because like you said, he's just he's different. Yeah. And I think he could maybe play some fullback if say they decide not to keep Andy Janovich. And apparently he has a nose for the end zone too. Right. And that's again, that's last year was so terrible for red zone offense. The Broncos, I think, were one of the worst in the entire league. They just could not score. And so anybody that can score should be making this team. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, it's it's a good problem to have. Like Williams probably the, the odd man out though, but we'll see. I mean, injuries happen and it's the running back position, so anything can happen there. But right now my stud probably got to be Philip Lindsay and my dud just because we haven't heard much about him. It's probably Booker, but that can change with live action. Running back is kind of a position where until the pads are on and they're actually in competition, it's hard to say what kind of guy they're going to be in actual football. You know, the not the t-shirts and shorts. Right. No, I I'd agree with that. I would maybe put Freeman at dud a little bit mm. just because I I heard so many good things about the work that he was putting in to become a pass blocking running back. And then to hear that he pretty much failed at every rep that they tried to get him to pass block. That was a little concerning for me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we still got some to get to, so we probably should speed it up here, especially because this one has yeah. <laughs> a bunch going on and we could talk a while about this, but wide receiver arguably the Broncos second best position group, maybe their best position group behind edge rusher and defensive line. If you're going to argue it about it, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders look healthy as they've been in quite a while. Demarius Thomas has had a hippie issue. Sanders has had issues and both of them look great, especially Sanders. I was a guy that was ready, you know, Sanders maybe on the downhill. Nah, apparently it was that injury that was really holding back his explosiveness, which is a huge part of his game. And he looks like a different guy this year. And he stayed in Dove Valley and worked a lot with Case Keenum too. So really excited about Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. I know they're the guys that aren't really getting too much talked about right now, but I, I think they're going to be huge for the Broncos this year. And no, I mean, I'll be honest, when they made this pick the second round, I was hoping for offensive line. I was hoping Will Hernandez, James Daniels, uh, Joel, not Joel Bettino. Who was the guy from Nevada this year? Austin Corbett for the Broncos know. in the second round. Fingers crossed, but looking like Cortland Sutton is going to be a monster. Now I know. Second round wide receiver wearing number 14 being hyped about in training camp. I'll stop you there. That's some PTSD stuff with Cody Latimer. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. But Sutton's a different type of guy. You know, he's really that 
that monster in the air type where he's physical. He plays above the rim, so to speak, almost like a, a really good tight end, like a Jimmy Graham type. Not amazing over the top speed, but he's got this lateral quickness and body control where if you get it up to him, he can make plays. He's got strong hands, and you've mentioned Brandon Marshall. That's one that's stuck with me. He's still got some work to do as a route runner, but still, when he's covered, he's open if you can get it to him, and that's, that's a big thing. I think Case, last year, one of the better quarterbacks at throwing those contested footballs. Granted, it was because of the wide receiver core, but this Bronco wide receiver core is looking pretty good too, and right now, DT... Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton look like a shoe-in for one, two, three. Hopefully all three can stay healthy. Hopefully all three can contribute in different ways, but really exciting for those three. And that those aren't the only guys that are standing out either, but I think those right. are the big three that should be focused on right now. Well, and it's, it's crazy that the things I've heard of, about Sutton, uh, just even comparisons, uh, I'm trying to think Demato Pecco compared him to AJ Green. Yeah. I've heard uh, that, that's compared, not that's, Peco compared yeah. Keenum to Favre. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's true. <laughs> Let's not get too carried away here on some of that kind of stuff. But I mean, yeah. even uh, Will Parks today said that he's the LeBron James of wide receivers. Hmm. Uh, I mean, so a lot of these veterans are giving this guy props for what he's doing out there, and and that's a, a big deal when the veterans are like, man, this rookie, he is going to be huge for this team, and. I mean, there's even some questions going around. Is he already the best wide receiver on the Broncos? And I, I would say, whoa, let, let's let's hold back here a little bit. We're we're four days into practice. Let's not go too crazy on some of this. But but still, I mean, that that's great to hear that this guy is really showing up because I, I really did think he was going to be a, a project, kind of like DT, where you need a year to really develop some things about him, and especially that route running. And I still think that's going to be a big concern. I do think a little bit of I, I don't think he's a run away from people kind of wide wide receiver. Like I said, he's got some great quickness, but I don't think he's got the long speed that you're really looking for. But uh, still, I mean, I I can't say anything bad about this kid right now. Really, he's really showing well. He's working hard, and that's part of uh, what excites me. It's great to be hearing all these great things about this kid. I'd say hold off just a little bit because he, he does have, I mean, he's a rookie and rookies are not a finished product by any means. And so I, I think there's still DT and Sanders are going to be the top two guys. Sutton's going to get his opportunities, especially in the red zone. And that's where he should be getting, seeing, seeing the field. I mean, like you said, this guy, his catch radius, his ability to go up and have that my ball mentality that, I mean, <laughs> there, there's plays I know some people have been questioning the cornerback group of, well, they're getting beat so much. Well, I think it's just because they're going against some very, very good wide receivers that are making tough catches in traffic. I mean, all those pictures of Sutton making catches along the, the back of the end zone, that's what the cornerback right in his face. The cornerback's in perfect position. It's just a perfect throw and a perfect catch. So, I mean, that's something you can't defend. And, and that's what Sutton brings to the table is, is plays that cannot be defended even by the best cor- cornerbacks in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. So those three, I think, are the, probably the top three guys. You'll see plenty of three wide receiver sets. But they got to find a way to get Deshaun Hamilton in there as well. Hasn't really been given the hype that Sutton has, not making the splash plays. But Hamilton's got that skill set that's just going to – you're going to find the field. Great route runner, smooth. 
probably primarily a slot, but also been making good plays in practice. So really excited about that. And I think both Sutton and Hamilton, the way they're playing, really make Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders expendable past this season. So that's worth watching. I mean, that's one of the big reasons they were drafted. And it's good to have these good young playmakers on the team finally because the wide receiver group outside of DT and Sanders has been just just pitiful over the last few seasons. I mean, when you got Benny Fowler and Jordan Norwood as your three and four wide receiver, you know, that's that's not a good look. It it, it hurts me to even hear you say those names. Yeah. I don't, are that, they even them in the NFL anymore even? Not that I know of. Maybe Benny Fowler? Maybe. I, I, I can't even remember. He's Seems probably like competing, he got, but... Yeah, I I don't know. But anyway, they're they're not worth a roster spot for sure. So definitely good to hear about these young guys. Hamilton, I've heard he has looked like a veteran out there with his route running. Uh, That's that's great to hear. That's what I loved when I watched him. You know, I love those guys. And like I said, those guys find their way on the field somehow, some way. Yeah, I'm excited about all those guys. And then there's some other ones kind of fall or lower down that have been interesting for sure. One that has started to get some hype was on the squad last year but didn't make the final 53 tim patrick from utah this is his second year in the nfl trying to make well trying to make the nfl and he is just man you want you think Cortland sutton's big Cortland sutton's got a little bit more mass but patrick is long 6'5 210 pounds and he's taken dramatic steps forward we've heard he's been making great plays on the sideline not not really an amazing athlete but when he's got that size and he improved route running apparently and understanding of the playbook from last season he's really an interesting playmaker i mean six five you think about wide receivers being big but six five is big for a receiver so he's been doing pretty well river craycraft is another one i just like saying the name to be honest but river craycraft not an elite athlete but you know he's been finding spots in dark places and shown some inside outside ability as well and he's been interesting isaiah mckenzie up and down i'm not sure if isaiah mckenzie is going to make this team he's apparently taken the necessary steps what i was originally told but then the last two days he struggled so He's going to be one to follow in preseason. I don't think he's going to be a guy that has a spot really as a wide receiver. He's listed as a wide receiver, but it's going to come down to his ability to play special teams. So we'll see about that. And the last one, which I had a guy keep telling me about. So we'll see. I'm going to definitely be watching out for him. I did not watch this guy in college. I'll be honest. But it's the former LSU transfer that uh, transferred to TCU, uh, John DeArce. I believe he's the guy who has his own clothing line. So And he's been making a lot of plays. He might not make the roster, but just, I mean, he catches, he's catching everything. So definitely a guy that I'm excited to watch with those, the third string, you know, late in the, the preseason games when a lot of people turn it off. Like, I don't know any of these guys. No, watch out for John Dears. And he, he might be a guy that gets on the Broncos practice squad and has a role later on in, in his career. So the big question then becomes how many wide receivers do the Broncos keep and who do they keep? I would say right now I'd have to say six. The obvious four of DT, Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, and Deshaun Hamilton. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Carlos Henderson, but I don't have him on the team right now. Hopefully they can put him as a non-football injury or something, you know, kick his eligibility back a year without having to cut him. And then probably after that I'd go with Tim Patrick and Isaiah McKenzie. The, uh, Jordan Taylor's been injured. Jordan Taylor's not that good. People love the long, blonde, white wide receiver that wears 87, but it's it's not happening, guys. I don't think at least he's a oh, we yeah. Bronco fans. We live in the past. Yeah, just That's sentimental. Sentimentalism <laughs> is, is the worst. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's. I think it'll be Patrick and then McKenzie could do to his punt return ability, but Langley and Philip Lindsay also might be challenging for that. So we'll see about that six one. But right now, I'd say it'd be those six. Okay. 
I, I can't disagree. It, it, McKenzie definitely becomes expendable if they decide Philip Lindsay's going to be their returner guy. Yeah, I, I've heard that he's been doing pretty well as, as a punt returner and kick returner. So I'm interested to see how that all plays out for the Broncos. Uh, but hard to disagree with that group. And that's that's a great group with a lot of versatility, a lot of guys they can throw in in different situations. Tim Patrick, I mean, like I said, this is this is so much more fun than last year. Yeah. This is this is fun to talk about of the the possibilities with this offense. That, that's something we haven't had for a while. It's been so lacking in any kind of talent beyond DT and, and Emmanuel Sanders. It's just it, it was sad. And so to go from that to to this year, that that's some pretty good work by the the front office to really add to this team. Thanks, Gary. Gary Kubiak, this year's MVP. It's already looking like. Oh, uh, so, very much so. Yeah. That, so, that draft, oh my goodness, it's getting a lot of hype right now that this draft really will turn this Broncos team around. Yeah, and we pay att- close attention to the draft and everything like that. Walking out of this draft felt pretty good about it, but then, you know, we'll see what happens when comes training camp and everything. There has not been this much hype and positive buzz other than, you know, just general intrigue about a Broncos draft class in a while. It really feels like this is one that even like guys that aren't really contributing right now, like I've heard good things about Sam Jones uh, before he was injured, Josie Jewell. So very interesting. And it looks like they're hitting on a lot of these picks. So that's, that's good. But we, before we move on to the next position, studs and duds, my stud so far would have to be Emmanuel Sanders, you know, taking the step saying he'd play inside too, which I think a big part is case Keenum actually can throw over the middle where Trevor Simeon had the worst passer rating in the NFL last year, throwing over the middle. So Sanders, you know, with that time with Case Keenum at Dove Valley, he's flashing, he's healthy, definitely a stud. And then, of course, Cortland Sutton. And then Dud has to be Carlos Henderson. Oh, man, I was hoping you'd say somebody else so I could use him. <laughs> no, that he has to be. I yeah. mean, th- there was a lot of talk that he was going to be a big contributor this year after missing last year because of injury. And then, then he doesn't even show up. Yep. And I don't know what's going on. I don't really want to even try to guess. In that kind of situation, I just hope he's getting the help that he needs in whatever way possible or family dramas getting figured out, whatever that may be. I, I don't know. I Like I said, I don't want to get too much into that side of things, but it's just things just not not falling into place when I had really, really high hopes that he would be something for the Broncos that they've been missing. But that, that kind of takes me to the other side of it. Then I, I really have to give it to Cortland Sutton. He is making me crow because I was not a big fan. And I, I didn't think he would be making this much uh, hype already in his career. I really thought Hamilton would be outplaying him and getting a lot more talk than than Sutton. So for him to be going out there and pretty much just securing that third wide receiver spot and, and showing that he could maybe be that true number one moving forward, man, that, that's that's huge for the Broncos. Like I said, the more playmakers you get, the, the tougher you are to defend, the easier it is, even with an average quarterback, to be a successful offense. Totally, totally right. All right, well, we still have a bit to get to, but before we do, let us tell you about why you need to become a Mile High Huddle VIP subscriber. Mile High Huddle's approach to covering the Broncos isn't just about reporting the news, although we pride ourselves on being able to relay you all the breaking news on the Broncos as it's, hap- as it's happening. But what we like to do is focus on breaking down the Broncos from an in-depth perspective, from all 22 film reviews, X's and O's, deep dives on player evaluations, the NFL draft, and now training camp. 
We save our best and most in-depth content for our premium members, the VIP subscribers. To become a Mile High Huddle VIP and get access to 100% of our written analysis and VIP insider forums, just click on the green banner at the top of the website. Click the monthly or annual option and you'll be locked in. From there, you get access to everything we produce, which includes any insider information we pick up along the way. We work hard to bring you the best Broncos coverage and analysis on the web. We ask for your support by becoming a VIP subscriber. Pull the trigger and you have my word, you won't be disappointed. All right, well, we still got the tight ends and the offensive line to get here. And Carl, you got to get out of here soon, so we might have to kick it into a little bit of a high gear. But that's okay, because honestly, with the pads just finally coming on today, there won't be too much to talk about with the offensive line. But tight end for sure is something we need to talk about. The main four guys that I'm interested in are Hireman, but Fumagalli and Trailer. And Hireman has been injured and is on thin ice, as it sounds. Has never really lived up to his draft slot. He was definitely a WTF pick when it happened and just really hasn't improved. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism, but he doesn't make those tough catches, which is necessary for a tight end in the NFL because you're thrown into tight spaces. And I'm already going to proclaim it. He's my dud of this group. I don't think he's making this team. (laughs) I'm with you there. It's especially now that he's injured. Yeah. All these other guys are getting all these extra reps and all of them are getting talked about a lot with what they're bringing to the Broncos. So why keep a guy that's not going to make the field? Yeah. Especially again, when you're having such a numbers crunch, trying to figure out who's going to make this 53 man roster hire men. I'm sorry. You're gone. I, I just, I can't see how he makes this team right now, other than he's just a veteran and maybe they just are a little worried about having so much youth at the tight end position. But, but again, if these other guys are out playing him, why, why keep him around? And so, I mean, that, that's again, but and this is where it's hard to tell. Is it because Jeff Hireman's that bad and the other guys are this good? Or is it just these other guys looking so much better because Hireman looks bad? And, and that kind of brings us to, to Jake Butt. I'm hearing a lot of great things as, as a wide receiver, which is something I never really worried about with him and his receiving ability. But he's, he's really building a lot of, of chemistry with Case, it seems like. And that, that's great to hear, especially in the red zone, making those tough catches. Again, this is where if the Broncos can just throw it up in the red zone and teams have to sit here and say there's no way we can defend this, there's too many big guys out here that can make contested catches, that's just that's awesome. I, I can't wait to watch that happen here for the Broncos, that they have this many guys that they can trust to go make the tough catches. Yeah, and Jake Butt has looked good. He's not Butt as I have in my notes here, been performing well as a receiver, made multiple touchdown catches, including some, I believe, over 20 yards with Case Keenum and been a consistent chain mover. A big question for him coming in even, you know, obviously the health is a big thing, which is good to see him out there. That looks like that needs responding well or has responded well. But how good is he going to be as a run blocker? You know, that's that's a big thing. The Broncos have stated they want to be a smash-mouth team. And if Jake Butt's going to struggle in line like he did at Michigan, that's that's a big question for him. He looks like he should have the body type. He just never really was that good of a inline blocker. And let's be honest, he's a good receiving option, but he's not really a take the top off a defense with a seam or yak monster. You know, he's not going to be a Travis Kelsey or anything like that. I think a good comparison. I haven't heard much people talk about him like this, but Todd Heap. Is the guy that bounced around the league for a little bit. You know, he had that horrible tragedy that happened, I think it was a year ago. But he was a good player for the Ravens for a while. Just a consistent chain mover. Never really an amazing athlete, but could get open and make plays in the passing game. And that's that's what I see Jake Butt kind of turning into if, if, all, if everything goes well. Right. I, I watched a lot of Jake Butt film recently for an article. 
And uh, th- there was four main routes that kind of stuck out with what he was trying to do. And that was the out route, the slant or in route, whichever one. It was kind of a mix of, of the two. Post and the corner. Those were the, the main ones that I saw from him that really ended very successfully. There, there wasn't a whole lot of that seam beating guys down the field kind of thing. That's just not quite his game. He just doesn't have that long speed. He's got quickness. He just doesn't have long speed. That's the same thing with Cortland Sutton. He's got quickness. He doesn't have the long speed to really take the top off a of defense. Now he can, he can still be a long ball threat just because he can out jump everybody. But I, I just don't think you're going to see as much of that with Jake, but it's still not quite the, 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 the tight end group is not a finished product in my opinion. I think they still need one more piece to, to add to this group of that seam threat, the guy that can really take the top off the defense and right now, I just don't see that with this group. Troy Fumagalli is kind of the same thing of he's not really a deep threat. He's been quicker than what I really expected. He wasn't that fast in college, right? I mean, I'm not missing something here that this guy really didn't cause a lot of separation. He Go has ahead. like good get off at the line of scrimmage, which I remember, especially when he had a free release. But he wasn't an incredible. He didn't have the second gear where he could pull away from guys. So he could create space quickly. But it was that next part where, you know, if the guy stuck on him from that, then I didn't really see him getting open. Okay. Well, I'm hearing that he's been that guy for the Broncos so far of the the tight end group, at least the the closest to that. Does that make you worry about the linebackers? Probably. Yeah. Probably should. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's Todd Davis has never been a fast guy. Brandon Marshall has been a quicker guy, but he's been hurt. So they've had to substitute other guys in. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I don't know. That That's definitely, I, I guess I hadn't even thought of it that way, that that maybe we should be concerned about the linebackers not being able to even keep up with average speed. I, I don't know. But I, I guess it's good to hear that Fumagalli is doing well, that he's further along than a lot of people expected him to be, especially after missing most of the offseason work. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I Like I said, I still feel like there's a piece missing from this tight end group. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, it's definitely better than they've had in a while. And I like Austin Trailer too. I don't think he's ever going to be a great tight end. You know, he's not going to be a productive tight end. He's not a guy that you're going to want on your fantasy team. But I feel like he's going to take that dirty work role, which you need from a tight end. You know, H-back, fullback, tight end player. And if he can offer some special teams as well, he might make Janovich expendable, which, again, it comes down to a numbers game. So that, that'll be big for him. Yeah, he's been getting a lot of run with the, the ones, actually, so far in training camp. If they want to run the football, he's the only one that I see being a plus run blocker out of the, the guys we've spoken about. Right, right. And and that's that's going to be big, like you said. So if he can prove that over and over again, that he is that guy, it wouldn't surprise me, like I said, to see him actually be the starter. Doesn't mean that Jake Butt and Fumagalli won't get plenty of snaps, but if the Broncos really want to, to build what they say they want to build as their identity, it's definitely got to be Austin Trailer as the starter. And, and that, I think that's also why... I'm hearing a lot of hype around Brian Parker. I don't know if you've heard much about this guy. I've heard some, but, but not a lot of hype. Okay. I've, I've actually been talking to a couple people that said, keep an eye on this guy. Cause he is, he's one, he's been probably even a better run blocker than Austin trailer. And two, he's actually been making a few plays as a, as a receiving threat. So if the Broncos were to keep four tight ends, I think it would actually be Jake, but Troy Fumagalli, Austin trailer and Brian Parker. 
Now, maybe they decide, hey, let's just get him on the practice squad, let him sit there for a year. If we have an injury, he can come in kind of thing. But he's been surprising some people with what he's brought to the table. Yeah, I'm excited to see him, and I love that tight end spot. So we'll see, and if not, you're going to hear me mention Noah Fant a lot. So uh, like I said, the dud is Hireman. Probably the stud so far, I'd say, is Jake Butt, just because he's coming off that injury. He sounds like he's doing well, and he's the guy that is making the, the touchdown plays, which the Broncos really need from that tight end spot. I'm going to go with Austin Trailer as my mm-hmm. my stud, just because he is, like I said, he's proven to be that very versatile guy that they can move around to different positions, H-back, fullback, tight end. They can trust him in the run game. I, I just... I really think this guy's going to be a bigger impact than people realize for this upcoming season. And, and it probably won't show up in the stat column, but it'll show up on the team being successful on offense. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, moving on to the last unit offensive line. Again, we're going to have to come back to the offensive line because live action, you gotta, you gotta really judge the offensive line when the pads are on and they're going against people that aren't their own teammates, because that's when the big boys are getting after it. So everything right now, offensive line wise is more about the technique and making sure guys are staying healthy and speaking about healthy bulls already had some minor digs and bruises. I've already seen some Bronco fans kind of annoyed by him being maybe a crybaby on the offensive line, but I don't really, I don't know the guy personally, so I can't speak to that, but I'm, I'm all about him being tough and he came off that injury and didn't miss a snap. So if he's going to be out there emotional about it, but it's not missing time and playing well, I'm not going to complain. That's just me. Let me just talk about that for a second, because I've, I've talked to some people about this, of what all happened there. One, he didn't get in. He did not get a concussion. He got hit in the chest. And at the same time, I guess one of the running backs ran right into his back. And I don't know if it just kind of that collapse on the chest really kind of, it caused him to become nauseated was the big thing. He was really struggling just to kind of get his wits about him for a second And they only brought out the cart because they were clear on the opposite side away from the the training room. And they just decided they really didn't want him to have to walk clear across the field feeling nauseated. So they brought the cart just to bring him to the the locker room. And so I I think it was more very precaution-wise by the team than it was Garrett Bowles just being a wimp and not being able to handle injuries on that one at least. Now, the the one in in the season where he got a bruise – that was maybe a little over the top, but again, if you haven't, if you haven't suffered an injury, sometimes a, a bad bruise feels like it's something worse. And he hadn't really taken some of those big hits in the past, so it's a little bit more understandable with him. But it's still something to keep an eye on for sure. That maybe this guy can't handle the the bumps and bruises that it takes because th- these guys they're always going to be injured. They're they're always going to have some kind of minor ding some kind of bruise going on. I mean, broken fingers, dislocated fingers, uh, whatever it may be. There, there's always going to be something with being on the offensive line. So he's got to definitely show that, that toughness a little bit more, but uh, beyond that, I've actually heard pretty good things about him so far that he's definitely taken a, a, a better step this year. He's communicating a lot better. He's understanding the game a lot better. Things have slowed down for him. I know he's got beat a couple times pretty bad, but that could also be because the Broncos are pretty stacked on that defensive line and outside linebacker position. Yeah, I just I'm just ready for him to take that next step. He needs to for the team. And I'm 
I'm hopeful, especially with the next guy who's sitting next to him who's apparently helping him a lot with communication and understanding. Leary, Leary's not taking full reps. That's a good thing. He's got injury concerns. I wouldn't say history, but he went undrafted. He was talked about a second-round, third-round talent, went undrafted because his pre-draft medicals were concerning with cartilage in his knee. But he's getting rest, and he got in a scuffle with Todd Davis the other day, but he said it's all love, so no worries there. And I've heard that he's pretty excited to be back playing LG because that's where he likes to play. So Bowles and Leary together, that makes left tackle and left guard looking that much better for this season. And moving along, another guy with some injury concerns. He had hip surgery another year off, and it's Paradis. I've heard little to nothing about the him, which I guess is good. The only thing I have heard for sure is that they are not working on a contract for him. So I don't know what that says. But this is his last season, I believe, unless they're going to put on the f- franchise tag on him in Denver. So we will we'll see. Then normally the Broncos don't really release contracts in the season. So Paradis, I mean, hopefully he can stay healthy and everything. But they're waiting on him. McGovern again, little to no buzz. I've heard he's been kind of up and down, better in run blocking than pass blocking. Um, same with all the guards, pretty much, including Watson and Turner. Sounds like Turner's the beaten for or doing the best right now is the backup kind of swing guard. And then Veld here, solidifying force in the offensive line, but please, God, stay healthy. He's helping the offensive tackles, the guys behind him, the guys next to him, and he's healthier than he's been in over a season, and he's a full season off of making that transition from left tackle to right tackle. So Veld here is really that solidifying force for that entire unit, and if he, he can stay healthy and those guys can stay healthy, I think this is the makings of an average offensive line. I don't see them being dominant, but average, I think, with a good defense and the weapons they have – and hopefully a step forward in coaching and quarterback play makes this team, I think, a viable playoff contender and division contender. That's really, really good to hear the veteran taking other guys under his wing and really helping them out. I, I love that. And Valdir, I think he's one of those guys that's been underrated as a tackle. I know he didn't have a great year last year, and I know he's dealt with some injuries since he especially went to Arizona. But but when he was with with the Raiders, I absolutely cheered when they let him walk. I could not believe it because I thought he was one of their top three players on the roster when, when they let him walk. And so I'm glad that he's here to help the Broncos, not only just to, to be a, a consistent player there at right tackle, but also to help these young guys, because we got a lot of, a lot of mix of veteran and youth. You got Leary who can help the guys out. You got Paradis. Obviously he's been here for a while now, but Valdir there to help out with the tackles. It's just nice. And, and like I said, we got some young guys coming up with uh Kuanjo. And and Nap, I know you were really really high on him. Uh, was it last year or the year before? It was two years ago. Two years ago, uh, I remember you showing me him. It was a really bad draft class, but for for the tackles, but he was one of them that we were kind of like, man, how is he falling and falling in the draft? But uh, it'd be really good to hear if he can really take that next step and uh, maybe be that guy at right tackle moving forward. That that would be great for the Broncos and. And uh, so it's nice to actually hear that there's some guys that could be depth for this offensive line, that if a guy goes down, maybe we're not completely screwed, but it's still, if any of these starters go down, I am still not going to feel good about that. (laughs) Yeah. I think Kuanjo, he came in when Bulls got hurt and looked viable. He's much better at left tackle than right tackle. And that that makes me hopeful because he's also pretty young as well. He was an early second round pick from the Bills. And then Knapp, the reason he fell, I think, is because, A, he was pretty raw, only a few years playing college ball because he's from Denmark. He's Danish. He looks like a giant Viking god. He's like 6'9", 310 pounds. He's just a monster, but good technique, mean, just solid all around. 
And he's also extremely old. I think he's going to be like 27, 28 year old, 28 years old, which for a second year player, we we talked about bulls being old naps, two years older. So that's, that's a big reason why I think he fell in the draft, but apparently he's been doing pretty good. And a Veld here I've heard is taking a shine to him. So Definitely excited for that. Watson playing at guard, but still struggling with pass. You know, I heard Goats Gotts has spun him around and just he's been struggling there. And Sam Jones has looked better than people thought. He's played some center. He's played some guard. So I think Sam Jones will make the 53 backup. More of a long-term project, but I think he'll make the 53. And Garcia sounded like the guy who's going to be the odd man out on the inside between Sam Jones, uh, Turner, and Garcia. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of what I've heard. I, I did hear Sam Jones struggled with the – the quarterback center exchange today. Yeah. And some yep. question whether it was Chad Kelly or Sam Jones that was struggling with it. I'm, I'm guessing it was a little bit of both because Chad Kelly hasn't played a whole lot under center and yeah. Sam Jones is learning a whole new position. So that's not a very good combination when you're trying to get those two guys on the same page. I, I'm guessing at some point in preseason, you're going to probably see a iffy exchange between the two of them. But I mean, that's just, that's just part of the youth and that's part of third string, especially those guys are fighting for those last few roster spots. and But it's good to hear that he's actually doing some things. And I, I really do think center, because he is on the smaller side of things, probably yeah. makes a lot more sense than guard for him. So I'm, I'm glad that they're trying him out and seeing what they can do there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and my stud, I'm going to go with Veld here just because really needed and i'm excited to have a viable veteran tackle that looks like he's turning the corner. God, please stay healthy. And the dud, probably going to be probably going to be Garcia. No, I'll go with Watson because he's got a chance to be the swing guy getting paid all this money. And now he's moved to guard, which apparently is going to fit him better and he's still not doing the best. So I'm going to go with Watson there. I guess I'll I'll go with bulls because I I know everybody kind of, they heard about the Shane Ray where he grabbed him and threw him to the ground. Everybody's like, Oh my gosh, bulls is terrible. But I've heard beyond those couple plays here and there, he's actually been taking those next steps and looking very, very solid there. My my dud, I guess, just looking at the starters, I'm going to have to go McGovern. I was hoping to hear a lot more buzz that he was doing well, that he'd really taken that next step, and I'm not hearing that right now. So I, I guess I'll put him there. All righty. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Building the Broncos. You can find Carl on Twitter, at Carl MHH and myself, at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you head on over to Mile High Huddle an affiliate of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital to find ours and our co-writers' articles, not just related to the team building, but all things that relate to your Denver Broncos. Head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a comment. Your support can help us continue to bring you our Denver Bronco deep dives. We aren't just here to bring you the news, but an in-depth analysis each week from team building, game planning, opponent scouting reports, and 365 days of covering the Denver Broncos. You can follow the Building the Broncos podcast and all our other great audio content by subscribing to the Huddle Up podcast on iTunes and for Android users, Stitcher as well as check us out on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter, at Mile High Huddle and at Huddle Up Pod. Again, please be sure to subscribe and rate us and reach out to us as we love interacting with fellow Bronco fans. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.